everybody. Welcome back to the Anik Creates podcast. My name is Alex Krotz, and it's good to be back. Um, I hope you are all doing well this week. I hope you're all finding your stride uh, despite all the different things that are happening in the world right now. But um, anyway, today I wanted to talk about home studio production, and I thought it was really appropriate because of how many of us are stuck at home still and how many people are getting into recording right now and getting into actually doing home recordings because it's more accessible than ever. And also, you know, it's, it's ripe for that right now in the world where we can't really do anything. So studios actually had a very hard time when the pandemic started, um, because they all had to shut down their entertainment is tough because especially they're, you know, singing and all that, that's tough to do. You know, the entertainment industry was hit hard in general, including recording studios, despite the fact that you might think that maybe they weren't, um, they did have a tough time and now they have a whole bunch of new protocols in place, uh, in a lot of them. So anyway, this does bring up the topic of home studio recording, home studio production, and the question of has it reached new heights? Is it actually possible to make hits or to make hit quality records in a home studio or in a bedroom studio for that matter? Because that's what a lot of us have. And, you know, whether you're creating music, whether you're creating anything else, really, can you do it in the non-professional settings or as a less professional or seemingly less professional, you know, home studios, um, and home production suites. Those are, are very popular. Are they possible to actually make, uh, you know, hit quality recordings and hit quality productions to me, this comes back, uh, and was inspired originally by the Grammys because an artist named Billie Eilish, who some of you may know, some of you may not, but she took a lot of Grammys home. She really, really crushed it at the Grammys this year. And the big thing for a lot of music production people and a lot of creatives that really got put on the forefront because of her win was the fact that her and her brother made her records, her last two records, I believe. Um, they made them in their childhood home. They made a home studio out of it. And if you see pictures of it, it's not a glorious studio. It's like, not like they pumped half a million dollars into a studio in their bedroom. Um, they literally were in like their bedroom with like a, you know, Ikea cabinet for the computer and stuff like that. I mean, they've upgraded since then because the record was, um, a really good success, but the point remains that they still work on their own. They still work at home. And while there were professionals involved, while it did get mixed and mastered by people outside of, of just them in their home studio, they still did a lot of that production on their own in their bedroom, working, you know, tirelessly and making a phenomenal production that swept the Grammys. It took so many awards home and it's a huge record. It's skyrocketed Billy to be a huge artist these days. And, you know, she has done done all of it in her bedroom or it started in her bedroom and they, they did get commercial success that way. It, um, you know, the, the first question I had when I kind of saw that, or when I was thinking about this was has bedroom production and technology to allow bedroom production and, and home studio production, has it reached new heights or has the Grammy awards reached new lows <laughs> basically? And, you know, I thought about, I thought I was going to have a, more of a debate on that, but I thought, no, you know what? It's, it's not that it's reached new lows at all. It, it is definitely that 
the production, the technology is there now for us to create phenomenal, phenomenal uh, productions from home. And it's just how you use the technology. It's not about the technology anymore because the baseline of technology these days, the base computers, the software, it's all accessible to everybody. It's not like the professionals have this these key pieces of software that nobody else can use. Um, I worked at a huge studio in Toronto for years. I worked in the professional recording industry every day. And, you know, I deal with the highest level of people in the industry and they all use the same tools as the people that I help get off the ground. They use Pro Tools, they use Logic, they use Ableton, they use FL Studio. All these guys use the same thing. So it's not about that. And when it comes to a lot of, especially, especially when it comes to a lot of of, uh, like hip hop and more modern productions, so much of it is in the computer already. So much of it is created using samples and loops that somebody else created somewhere. And I mean, we could get into a whole discussion about the samples, where they come from, all that kind of thing, but that's not what I'm here to talk about um, as much as just what anybody can use in their productions at home. And it's a thing that companies sell you different sample packs and stuff like that. And maybe they have access to a big studio. Maybe they have access to different studios, but a lot of these samples don't need big studios to be created anyway. So that's not really, uh, I'm not really going to get into that, but everybody has access to these same sample packs, these same settings, these same soft synths, these same software, everything like that. And people can make phenomenal records using that. So I think the technology has gotten to a place where anybody can create. And now it's down to more the, the songs and the artist and how you market yourself and what you're creating the whole you know, movement around your music, everything like that. It's not about the actual technology because so many people can use this and make great, great songs. And we've noticed that a lot, a big rise in home production these days because of everybody having to work at home and not being able to use big studios as much as they want that, that if they want to release music right now, a lot of people are stuck at, at home, not being able to go to a big studio. Even if they, in their mind, were like, okay, I'm going to write at home. I'm going to do the basic production at home. And then I'm going to go to a big studio and record everything. Nowadays, you don't need to have to do that step. You can literally do it all in your house. And Billie Eilish really, really uh, proved that. You know, some people might say, okay, well, great. That's a that's a pop song. Like those are, you know, everything's digital in there. There's a lot of sample packs. There's lots of virtual instruments and stuff like that. They use things like... Uh, a street crossing beeping sound from uh, a street crossing. One of those things that you, you hit the button on at a a crosswalk and it beeps and beeps. And then when you can walk, it does a bigger beep so that you can know, okay, I can walk. It's for, for um, blind people. Anyway, they use that recorded with their iPhone as like the beat to one of the biggest songs. I think it was in bad guy. They used that as part of the beat. So it's not the fact that you need phenomenal equipment to make the greatest music. You literally can use anything. If, if you're creative enough to make that into a song, if you're creative in finding different ways to use things, if we were just stuck to using the professional studios and just the, the, you know, the guitars and the amps that they had at these places. And that was all we had. Nothing new would ever happen. You need to be using the tools that you have at your disposal in weird, creative ways to make things that nobody's come up with before. So, you know, using that weird sample that she recorded with her iPhone, um, and putting it into the track and cutting it up and pitch shifting it and putting effects on it. And, you know, obviously they didn't just use the beeping sound au naturel. They, uh, worked on it and added effects and that's where the creativity comes. And that's what happens when you can use your own things at home. Because one of the big things to think about is if you're doing a production,
kitchen at home and you're working out of your bedroom, you have less time constraints for anything. Because if you're in a big studio and you're, you're paying out the, out the teeth for the studio, you know, you're paying a thousand dollars, $1,500 a day for one of these big uh, high level studios, whatever it might be, you're paying that. So every second that you waste on something that you don't know if it's going to work, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't foresee it staying in the song. You don't know where you're going to take it. You might try it for half an hour or for 10 minutes or something. If you have an idea or you're like, Oh, this might be cool. You might screw around with it for 10 minutes, half an hour, maybe. But after that, you start going, okay, I don't have the budget for this. I can't be wasting my time on something that I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know what's going to happen. But being at home, you have none of those constraints and you can create for, you can work on that and screw around and try something. And if you think it's going somewhere, you have any inclination it's going somewhere, you can work on it for another two days if you want. And it might spark a whole new song. It might spark a whole new idea for the next part of the song. And it might reshape your whole record. And you would never have had that opportunity if you were in a big studio and like felt that time crunch. And as much as people like to think that they don't feel that everybody who's in a studio like that definitely feels that except if you're, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world and you literally throw millions of dollars at your records. Well, at this point, it's like half a million, maybe if you're lucky. But the biggest thing is that the the songs have to be good and you have to be creative with whatever the tools are that you have. And when you think about can a small home studio studio create, you know, uh, hit level songs, it goes both ways because yes, Billie Eilish has proved that. And so has many other artists, which I'm going to talk about. You can create that from your bedroom and make it huge. You can also record a record at a big studio and it can completely flop because the songs aren't good. So right, right away there with the technology these days, it comes down to the songs and everything else surrounding the music, not just the actual technicalities. Cause we all use the same tools. We all we all have access to the same stuff. It's just how you use the tools and the environment you're in. So, um, anyway, as I think I started this thought before, but, um, Billie Eilish is pop and might, some people might say, okay, it's pop, you know, it's samples and so, so great. She can use samples. She can do that. But you know, I don't do pop music. I actually have to record things. And these days technology has evolved so much that even a band on the other side of the spectrum, uh, who does rock, um, bring me the horizon is uh, I'm a big fan of theirs. They've been progressing for, for years. They push the boundaries of everything. They have been releasing songs while they've been in quarantine right now. And, um, they actually had a huge song, uh, Ludens recently that they wrote in a hotel room. They actually set up in a hotel room for two days and wrote this song and it's on the soundtrack for uh, a video game. Um, I forget what video game it is, but Anyway, it's, it's out there. Check out the video. They made a, a great video. They made a, a great song and this was before quarantine, but they made this song and they just, they hashed it out in a hotel room. They did all the vocals. They did everything in the hotel room. The only thing they didn't do was drums because, uh, their drummer wasn't there, I think. And he, so he went to a studio for an hour and recorded the drums because they had written everything. They'd done the creative part. And then all he had to do was actually go execute playing the drums. And for them that, that works. They have the budget to do that kind of stuff. Like it wasn't a budgetary constraint. It was more of a time constraint and just what they're comfortable with, which has been proven since then because they 
they have been releasing songs in quarantine and they just set up in their house somewhere and they were creating and they, that's what they did. Um, they, they don't have some fancy home studio. They had an iMac with some speakers and stuff. They have, um, video documenting their whole, their process. And it's actually, they're quite entertaining to watch. But the point is, is that they've been doing it at home as well. And they've been making these huge songs and they've been coming out and they're, they're unreal. And I think still to this day, I think the, the only, the main thing that they re-record is drums, uh, all the vocals and everything they do at home. Um, all the writing, all the creating, all the guitars are done at home, everything like that. Uh, from what I can tell and from what I've researched. And, and so the point is, is that even if you are working from home, you can do basically everything from home and maybe go record drums at a studio or go in for an hour once the creating part is done. But you don't need to record everything. You don't need to do everything at home and then go into a studio and re-record it all because this is all demo stuff and at the studio it's going to be totally different. Uh, because frankly, the vibe might not be there. Um, a lot of people find that if they go into big studios, they actually get kind of uncomfortable because it's you know too it's all fancy and they don't want to touch anything and whatnot and creatives are are generally just really liking home studio vibed or smaller studio which typically nowadays seems to be a home studio that's in a dedicated room or dedicated like a garage or something um but smaller studios that they can be creative and they don't feel as time constrained on what they're doing. It just goes to prove that we, because we're all using the same stuff, it's all about how you're doing it. So you can make hits and you can be very creative no matter where you are. And, and frankly, it's, it's amazing. It's opened a whole new door where you can be creative wherever you want. You can go to a cottage and make a record at a cottage. You can go into your basement and record in your basement. You can, you know, you could go to a big studio if you're creative there, if that's how it works and you have the budget and whatever, go there. If you have a friend who has a studio, you can go to a different place and go work there for a while and be creative there, wherever it is that you're creative. And for some people, they literally are very creative if they sing in their closet, you know, who, who knew, but, um, the myth that you need a big studio and you need big production, you know, the budget and you need all this stuff is a complete myth uh, these days. It's been proven time and time again. There's lots of big mixers and artists that are working out of their home studios and people are making, sure, they're making elaborate home studios, but instead of spending you know, $20,000 on going to a studio for a few days to record a record, you could take 10,000 of that and put it into a home studio and get a damn good setup in your spare bedroom with some acoustic treatment and a couple pieces of gear, maybe a nice microphone to do vocals and that kind of stuff. It's just how you reframe your mind and knowing that you can actually do that. And from experience, um, working in a big studio, the amount of times that somebody would come in with all their demo tracks, they've recorded the whole thing, uh, and done it really actually quite well. And they come in to, to, to record and we record, sure. We, we replace, you know, drums and maybe the rhythm guitars and, you know, we try and do another vocal, but the amount of time that even parts of the vocals get kept from the demo and parts of the guitars and parts of added weird sounds that they created because they had these weird constraints in their house. Those things, the amount of times that that gets put into the final production is astonishing, which just goes to show you that if you actually, 
you know, think about these things as final recordings a little bit more and the possibility that they could be final recordings, um, not to detract from your creativity, but to think, Hey, it it's, if it sounds good, it sounds good and I can use it, but you can still do that at home. It doesn't need to have to go to a big studio. So I want to go through, you know, the different aspects of recording a song and how they're impacted. Obviously recording is the thing that people, uh, first off think I need to go to a studio once they've written the songs at home and they've demoed them and they've really crafted them and spent hours, um, and days and months <laughs> working on them, the recording part. And for vocals, if you put up some acoustic baffling, if you put up some blankets, go into the closet, whatever it is with a, a mic, you buy a half decent mic, you can get some amazing con for a couple hundred bucks on a, on a mic. You can get a good mic. You can record your vocals and they can sound amazing. And with interfaces and software nowadays, there's really no excuse um, in terms of there's so many budget interfaces and software that you can use that, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there, um, which is still if you add all of it together, a, an interface interface and microphone and some uh, blankets, you can basically have within the budget of less than one day at a studio, you can have your recording chain set up. Obviously, if you don't know how to record, you're going to have to learn, you're going to have to look into some education. But I think for a lot of artists, it's a good thing to understand the basics of recording or you don't have to pay for a big studio, but you maybe pay for uh, somebody who knows what they're doing to come and help you record when you're actually ready to really record. But I think having the basic recording knowledge for a lot of people nowadays, especially if you're an artist and you want to write, that is how you can take back some of your time and some of your uh, add to your creativity and uh, take back some of your money, frankly. Um, but I, I think writing and creativity opens up so much more when you understand how to record yourself just a little bit. And there's amazing things that you can do. Uh, and I, I'm actually currently working on a course to help uh, bands uh, get better at recording themselves and where to get started and how to make good quality tracks at home. And, uh, so if you're interested, if you're a band or you're listening and you know, a band, please let them know to message me or go check out my website and let me know that you're interested. I'm very curious to see, uh, but I'm developing this. I think it's going to be really, really helpful for a lot of people because a lot of bands nowadays can take back the reins and really get really hone in on the writing because there's difference when you record something versus when you just play it live, you don't really get to hear everybody's part, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, th those things, you know, vocal, that's the biggest thing people tend to think I need somewhere to go for that. You don't, you need, you know, you just need some, some sound deadening in your room. If you set a room up for this purpose, uh, I think you can get a lot done and even on a small budget, there's lots of people, there's lots of stuff out there for that guitars. Nowadays you can plug a guitar in. If you have guitars, you plug it in and you can put it through a amp sim, you put it into Axe Effects or a Kemper, those things are phenomenal. And I'm a big Axe Effects guy. Um, I love Axe Effects. And this is a whole other discussion that I'm gonna have probably at some point about guitar sims. Uh, amp simulators and that kind of stuff, but you can get amazing results in an apartment with a Kemper or an Axe Effects. And frankly, they're, you know, they, sure, they're a little bit pricey, but when you uh, compare it to real amps, when you compare it to the studio time, when you compare it to the hindrance of your creativity, when you can't actually use your amp blaring in your apartment because, well, you got neighbors and stuff, um, you know, 
all that to say that it actually isn't that much of a cost to be able to create any time. Uh, and so anyway, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of Axe Effects. I love Axe Effects, but there's so many different things. You can also reamp if you record guitars and then send it away. There's lots of people with real amps that can reamp it for you and run your DI signal through amps. Um, and so you can still get that tone. And that's basically the same thing as playing it through the amp, except you're not hearing the amp while you play it. Anyway, there, there's lots of possibilities there. Um, the other thing is keyboards. When people record keyboards, there's soft synths. You don't need a studio for that because it's literally all digital. Keyboards themselves can plug into DIs. So if you have an interface with a half-decent DI, which at this point, any interface you buy will have a good DI. So that's not an excuse anymore. You can do keyboards anywhere. There you go. You can spend hours with them at home and it will be the exact same quality as if you go to a high-end studio because as an engineer who's worked in high-end studios on many sessions, it is literally the same thing as what I would do at home. Uh, drums is the biggest one. Drums is the one thing that if you want to play real drums, that's the one place you can, you are going to have to look into a studio. But if you've done all the other creative elements, if you've done everything, if you've programmed them to start and gotten everything right, then you can go into the studio and cut your costs a lot because you just walk in, do your thing for a couple hours, record the drums that you need to record and you're done because every other part of the creative aspect is already done. Um, but that being said, if you don't have the budget for that, even using an e-kit or a keyboard and programming drums, if you actually spend time and, and learn how to program drums really well, um, which is not hard at this point because there's so many different samplers like Steven Slate and Drumforge and Superior Drummer or Easy Drummer. All those, they have beats, they have, you know, it's it's phenomenal actually what they can do now. But with drums, there's many, many big productions that have digital drums um, and you would never, you would never know. Uh, I released a record recently uh, that I produced and half the record is real drums and half of the record is completely programmed drums and you, you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, so, and I've had lots of people talk to me about that and there's so many different sample packs, so many different things. You have endless opportunity to uh, change the sounds and find the sound that works for what you're doing that you might not even be able to do in a real studio, big studio, because you wouldn't have the time and the budget and the, the actual drums available because you can take samples of drums from all around the world um, and all around uh, different studios and different producers and how they record drums and all that. So it gives you lots of possibilities. So it's actually really fun if you accept the fact that it, those are professional. Those can be used in professional tracks, and they are literally all the time. And then mixing is the last thing. That's the one part that I think people still do need to either get a professional to do it, but at that point, you've saved so much money on every other aspect of the recording that mixing is, is just the next step. And that's the one part just because it's very skill based. You can do a lot recording where if you just record it well enough that it's not distorting and it's not super, super quiet, then you can send it to a mixer and they can deal with it and they can work with it really, really well. So there, you know, obviously there's more you can do with recording than just that. But at the bare minimum, if you're not a recording engineer, if you don't really know what you're doing, as long as you're getting a, a, a moderately okay signal, a good mixer would know what to do with that. And a good mixer is where you should still do that. You can mix at home. You can work it out yourself, obviously. And I'm working on tutorials to help people with that. So, you know, it's clearly you can. But if you, if there was one area to spend money on, uh, on a production still and to spend outsourcing it to a, not even a big studio, because this still goes with a lot of mixers nowadays are in their home studios that they've built up a great little home studios. And 
you know, why not? So it still supports the theory of home studios can make big hits. Serban is a huge mixer. He's mixed every, you know, Taylor Swift record, everything that uh, Max Martin's ever done pretty much, not quite, but tons and tons and tons of hits. And he works out of what basically is a home studio. It's, it's decked out a little bit. He's got great monitors, he's got some great stuff, but he works on a computer with the same tools that everybody else has. And everybody has access to, he has a lot of them, but he has the same ones and he mixes out of a, just a small place. That's his, he set it up the way he likes it. And that's where he goes. He doesn't have to go to a big studio all the time. That's not what he has to do. So that just shows you that it is possible to make hit quality songs from home studios or less expensive studios. You don't need big studios. That being said, of course, big studios are always fun. I love going to big studios. If you have the budget to do that, it can be a, a different aspect to the creativity. But I think that people need to get past the fact that home studios aren't as good as big studios because they can be, they can be different than big studios at this point. They're different, but they're not better or worse. It's all about what you're doing and how you're doing it in those environments. And and frankly, you know, you want the lack of pressure when you're recording yourself because you don't want to have to pay out the teeth for a big studio, then home recording is a good thing to um, look into and actually think about as a possibility, as a very real possibility that a lot of people use and a lot of big records are made with. You know, to me, Billie Eilish and Bring Me the Horizon, they solidify it that you can make everything from pop to heavy metal in, in your bedroom. And I do it all the time. I have a home studio that I do most of my production work in. Uh, I basically only go to studios when, when people actually want to go record somewhere else or if I have bigger clientele um, that need more space because obviously a home studio is not as spacious if you're you know, bringing clients in. So for me, I do go to other studios or other places when needed. Um, but I also get hired to go to other people's home studios to record. Again, they have enough stuff. I bring some of my stuff and I know what I'm doing so I can record them and I can help them with their productions, but it's still at their home studio. They're not spending on a big, on a big studio that's it's totally possible to do that in a home studio. I've done it many times before. So anyway, it's all about shifting the mindset and it's always all about just making yourself comfortable and where you're the most creative. Anyway, uh, once again, if you are a band or if you know a band that is kind of getting into recording, wanting to record their songs and working on that, uh, I am developing a course for that. So shoot me a message if you're interested. I would love to hear from you and love to hear what you would like to get out of it as I am putting it together. I'm on Twitter at Anik Creates and you can go to AnikCreates.ca for more information. Uh, leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know any of your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. Again, hit me up on Twitter at AnnaCreates or go to my website, AnnaCreates.ca. You can find the podcast tab and leave a comment on this episode and let me know what you think. That's it for this week. I hope that gave you some insight into the possibility and helped you see that it's, it's just a mindset shift and it's whatever makes you comfortable and it's whatever makes you create the best creations that you can. That's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Peace.